0: Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now here is Stan
1: Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is toxic chemicals are in your home. Would you be surprised to learn that there are approximately eighty-four thousand chemicals used commercially in the United States? Some of them are home cleaning agents, and flame retardants, and furniture. Would you be surprised to learn that the majority of these chemicals have not been tested for your safety and are exempt from regulations? What if I told you some of them are also linked to lower IQ in children, thyroid disease, infertility, cancer, and other rising rates of health problems? My guest today, Ms. Kirby Walker, and I will be discussing Toxic Hot Seat, a multiple award-winning HBO documentary providing an in-depth look at chemical flame retardants. Directed by James Redford and Ms. Kirby Walker, the movie interview, interweaves the multiple narratives of investigative reporters, scientists lawmakers, and community activists, and shows the struggle to remove retardants from our couches, environment, and our bodies. Today's show is being brought to you by our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management provides business process and quality management consulting Training and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at bqpm.com. Secure Components LLC is an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQCAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS 6081 standard. When you need to find high quality, obsolete, or hard to find components, you want secure components on your team. To learn more about secure components, you can mess that one up, let me try again. To learn more about what Secure Components can do for you, visit their website at securecomponents.com. I'm getting off to a great start. I want to welcome Miss Walker to the show at this point. Let's see if I can get my tongue untwisted. Uh, Kirby, are you there? Yes, I'm here. In fact, it's a pleasure to be here in conversation with you and your listeners. I really do appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today and uh, and talk with us about some of the exciting and interesting work you're doing. Um let me let me just help our audience get a little bit of an understanding about what you uh, well who you are, Kirby. Uh, let's see your bio says that you are an independent documentary and industri- uh, in educational filmmaker video producer. You've worked That's true. Uh, you've worked for CBS News in New York and oh by the way I was just there on uh, March 21st and was being interviewed by them. So I, I visited your alma mater there. <laughs> um Were and that's down in- on-
2: were you down on the river?
1: Um, you know, I don't know much about New York. I'm trying to remember the street I was on, <laughs> but uh, I, I honestly can't tell you where I was, other than I was in their building. So um, I'm trying to remember the name of the street, like Third Street or something.
2: Okay, yeah we, I was in the I was I, I worked for the evening news, so we were in a different building than most of CBS.
1: Ah okay. Well, anyway, I visited them and we talked. We were talking about counterfeit uh, products at that uh, that particular show that they did. Um, going on, you left to do graduate work in communications at Stanford University, and where you received your MA in communications. Uh, we'll talk about all the many things you've done as we go through the show today. Uh, but again, I do welcome you. And, uh, you know, your you work with Apple and The Gap and Levi Strauss, you've worked with uh, Pacific Telesis. Uh, perhaps you can kind of give us a little bit of an understanding of, of what you were doing with, with them and what you're doing now.
2: Certainly. So, when I first uh, graduated from Stanford, I wanted to make documentaries. I was in a program that specialized in people who specifically want to make documentaries. And, um, in fact, nobody from our program went on to be, you know, feature filmmakers. Uh, And when I first finished, I decided that the way to support making documentaries was to do corporate um, industrial work for some of the Bay Area companies. So I worked for many of the ones that you um, described and really enjoyed working with them. But then I decided to get back to my roots and why I studied, why I studied, and left and uh, decided to make a feature documentary. And this topic for toxic hot seat actually came to me um, when I was in a meeting, not at all thinking about looking for a film topic. Do you want me? Do you want me to describe how I got involved with this subject?
1: Absolutely, please do.
2: Well, so I have been involved for a long time with a national environmental organization called the Natural Resources Defense Council or NRDC, which is headquartered in New York and has offices um, across the country, including in San Francisco. And I had been very involved with them for years and was invited by a colleague and a friend who is Dr. Sarah Jansen, who is an MD who worked for um, NRDC and also for the University of San Francisco Medical School, where she invited me and others to a brown bag lunch to hear about her work Um, at the medical school and at NRDC with toxic chemicals. And she specifically was talking about two classes of chemicals, flame retardants and another chemical called triclosan, which is found in antibacterial soaps. And she went on to describe um, the, the battle she was having with getting flame retardants removed from furnishings and baby products in the state of California. And she had been working with a state senator in California for over five years to have a little-known regulation called TB117, which means Technical Bulletin 117, which had been put in place in the state of California in the 1970s, ostensibly to prevent furniture fires. But um, as the research had played out in the coming almost 40 years, it was found that these uh, flame-retardant chemicals, Most of them are halogenated flame retardants or uh, organohalogens, which contain chlorine or um, bromine bonded to carbon. That's probably more chemistry than we want to know. But these, at the levels that they were found in the polyurethane foam in in furnishings, in our couches and chairs and, you know, the, the pieces of furniture that we're in the closest contact with in our homes, actually they didn't prevent fires when they burned they became dioxin and there was a link linking cancers in our firefighters to fighting fires with these um, chemicals in the furnishings and that they were bioaccumulating in our bodies and increasing over time since the 70s and also being um, released in breast milk and I just found and they didn't work and I listened to this and was horrified and decided I had to
1: Learn more about it now that that 's um, you know I guess to a certain degree that 's how many of us get involved in this uh, in this and other things that we do in industry and in our careers um, it 's something that touches us or that we we hear about and take a, a personal interest in. The one that you're speaking of, uh, particularly with the flame retardants, reminds me of a couple of interviews I've actually done where I was being interviewed re- related to uh, hazardous substances and products. And just as a note, uh, when we think about furniture and the gases that are that are uh, put off by particularly new furniture, I often remind folks that... That car smell that you love when you buy a brand new car uh, is something you really don't want to be sitting in the car with the windows closed smelling. It has very similar effects with the uh, phthalates and the chlorines and the various other chemicals that they use in those things. So, um, Let's talk a little bit uh, about... Toxic Hot Seat, and you've described that this is how you got started. But um, tell us a little bit about Toxic Hot Seat. What what is it, and uh, how did how did uh, uh, it's James, right? Your co-producer, director.
2: Yes, he is James Redford. Yes. I co-produced and co-directed it with me. Um, he was a he is a friend and a colleague. We had never worked together on a film, and I actually went to a UC Berkeley. Um, symposium on flame retardants when I wanted to know more about this, not at all researching the film, and spent the day hearing presentations. Dr. Arlene Bloom, a chemist at UC Berkeley, organized this symposium called The Flame Retardant Dilemma. And as I was sitting in this um, day-long meeting, one person after another who stood up to talk about their interest or expertise on this topic was more compelling than the next as real people. They were eloquent. They had so much to say. They they came from very diverse backgrounds and came to this subject from fascinating ways. And I realized that everyone from the San Francisco firefighter, Tony Stefani, who was a captain in San Francisco when he was diagnosed with transitional cell carcinoma, which is a rare cancer normally found in people who work in the chemical industry. And um he spoke about his interest and involvement after his treatment and recovery. He's dedicated himself to helping prevent uh, cancers and firefighters in San Francisco. And the next person who talked was a man named Andrew McGuire, who is a MacArthur-winning activist who has battled the tobacco industry for most of his career fighting for fire-safe cigarettes in all states, which he did succeed eventually. And he was burned as a child, and won a MacArthur for his work, his his work with fire safe cigarettes. And Arlene Blum, who was a mountain a maverick, mountain climber in the 70s, who first discovered that these chemicals were mutagenic, working with Dr. Bruce Ames in the 70s, and then went off to climb mountains, only to come back 20 years later and find out that these chemicals that were removed from children's pajamas in the 70s. We're back now in our homes and in many of our baby products containing polyurethane foam. So she had gone on this, you know, five-year journey to eradicate these. And at the end of the day, I thought, these people have a story to tell, and I'm going to tell it. And so I went to my friend James Redford and said, do you think I'm crazy? Here, I, I did some <laughs> research for six weeks and said, here's, here's the, the story. I know that if you say... I want to do a film on flame retardants. It's like the quickest way to get people to run away from you at a cocktail party. It sounds <laughs> horribly boring.
1: <laughs> yes, it's, I can, I can it's see horribly that happening. Boring.
2: <laughs> yes, it's, it's not the topic that most people want to discuss. But then I went on to say, but there's all these compelling people, and it, you know, it wouldn't be about flame retardants. And so he said, you know what, I'd like to join you, and I'd like to co-produce and co-direct, and we dove in, and that was... In our first time filming was March in 2012, um, and this story unraveled so quickly before our very eyes with California changing this regulation, the Chicago Tribune reporters, Pulitzer Prize winning reporters, doing a four-part series on the front page of their paper right when we were in the middle of this story, and they interviewed all the same people that we did, and all of a sudden we found out that these horrible tales of you know, astroturf fake industry organizations and the tobacco lobby lobbying to get these in our furniture and so many things that we'd been hearing from our characters were actually proven true. And they had done a year's worth of research and had the documents to prove that what we had been hearing was, in fact, true, which was very startling when we were halfway through shooting this. And these journalists became uh, characters in our film, in fact... We decided to have no narration in this documentary. We let all the people who are actually doing the work on the ground tell the story themselves, and we were able to craft the story about the need for investigative journalism, for democracy to flourish, for the need for the public to know Um, our story. is It's very complex, and we tell it without any narration, just letting these phenomenal characters tell the story
1: you've you've uh, you know, this this is gonna go off topic just a just a pinch, but as you, you'll note from a brief very brief conversation, I'm involved currently in uh counterfeit uh, mitigation, if you will, detection of mitigation. And like the toxic issues of flame retardants, we have a serious problem in our military and uh, it's affecting our, our uh Men and women in uh, in the military with components that are being purchased and put into uh, military gear that can often or often does fail anyway. The reason I mentioned all that is i'm i 'm starting to uh, churn an idea of you and I getting together and maybe James and doing another documentary on counterfeit um,
2: but that is fascinating, especially. I imagine that some of the same forces are at work trying to cover it up.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. it. Um, <laughs> uh, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to derail from the topic. But uh, a couple, I guess, it was January fourteenth. The United Nations um, Office on Drugs and Crime uh, launched a campaign on this, uh, addressing a. $350 billion a year counterfeit issue. Uh, counterfeit now is, is probably like uh, the, the flame retardant issue. It was, in, it, today, counterfeits are second only to drugs and uh, human trafficking when it comes wow. to uh, the criminal aspect. And we know that that, that same counterfeiting is is also funding terrorism as well as crime Bring who, it,
2: who, is, who is creating the counterfeits
1: well that's, that's actually how i'm going to segue uh, this discussion back into uh, the topic of, of uh, flame retardants because we have rules and regulations here in the u s obviously we have industry that are pro flame retardant elimination or you know changing what we're doing and then we have those that are uh, against it Um, and we are somewhat exclusive and I say we I'm talking about the United States somewhat exclusive in the fact that we have a lot of regulations to try and help protect people other countries don't have those same regulations Kirby, we need to take a uh, short break for radio station identification and to acknowledge our uh, sponsors. Let's pick up on this when we come back and uh, talk a bit about just where does some of this come from, And I can share with you, and perhaps we can share together for the audience, uh, some of the things to look for. we'll be right that back.: sounds after Great. This. we'll be right back after this station identification.
3: Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products specializing in counterfeit mitigation. Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195.
0: Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat, Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salot at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salot, S A L O T, at ecccorp.org. Now,
1: back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Salat. Our show today is Toxic Chemicals Are in Your Home. I started today's show with the question, would you be surprised to learn that there are approximately 84,000 chemicals used commercially in the United States, some of which are home cleaning agents and flame retardants and furniture. Followed with the question, would you be surprised to learn that the majority of these chemicals have not been tested for safety and are exempt from regulations? And just to make sure that I have your, atten- your interest, rather, I shared with you that some of them are also linked to lower IQ in children, thyroid disease, infertility, cancer, and other rising health problems. My guest today, Ms. Kirby Walker and I are discussing the fantastic work that she and co-director James Redford have done creating toxic, heat or toxic Hot Seat, a multiple award-winning HBO documentary providing an in-depth look at chemical flame retardants. If you were listening to us just before the break, you would have heard me start uh, to invite... Kirby, to uh, perhaps get involved in yet another documentary on hazardous substances and particularly on uh, counterfeit. But let's get back to that. Kirby, are you still with me? Yes, I am. Outstanding. I'd like to pick up the show uh, by discussing uh, what is being done today to address the toxic mess we're in and what still needs to be done. And just before before we do that... um, one of the, one of the issues when we talked when I was talking about counterfeit and uh, when I when you think about some of the stuff that's going on with flame retardant or the use of flame retardants and the fact that we're still fighting or still attempting to get it regulated, uh, there's a reality that the U.S. has a lot of good regulations in place and a fair bit of work is done every day by interested in very dedicated people to to manage these things but that same regu- those same regulations if you will uh, don't hold true in every country where products are manufactured and to identify one specific one would be lead paint or lead based paint the united states has banned all almost all lead based paint for uh, general consumer use you have to really work hard to find lead paint or lead-based paint when you buy it. Uh, Whereas if you, for instance, go to China, it's on the open market, you can buy it anywhere. Uh, So if you put that in perspective and think about the flame retardants, you probably, I I haven't studied the flame retardants as much in foreign countries, but I suspect it's the same issue.
2: No, I'm not sure. I I just know that flame retardants in most of europe um are far more regulated than they, than they are in california and the rest of the united states um except for the uh england actually has you know regulations that were almost as onerous as what california had had prior to the change in the regulation um in january of this year
1: and what specifically was that change again
2: so um, there was a regulation, and as I said earlier, there was a regulation put in place in the 70s in the state of California that required that a piece of foam withstand an open flame for a number of seconds, which isn't exactly a, a real-life situation because open flames usually aren't on a piece of polyurethane foam that isn't covered in fabric. But that was right. the test to try to prevent furniture fires, and that... The, um, Chemicals didn't work to prevent fires, and they were harmful to health. Uh, and California was the only state in the country that had this regulation. But because we're such a large economy, um, furniture was made to meet our safety regulations, California safety standards, and it was shipped throughout the country, even though the federal government did not have this standard, nor did any other states. States throughout the country were getting... Furniture with these chemicals in it to meet California's safety standards. So after years of trying to get the regulation changed through our legislature unsuccessfully for five years, uh, the governor, our governor of California, Jerry Brown, went to the Bureau of Home Furnishings and said, basically change this regulation. These chemicals are proven. There are thousands of peer reviewed papers that say they're, they're harmful to human health change the regulation so that they're no longer required, and that happened effective January 1st of this year, 2014, so people are no longer required to buy furniture and baby products with these chemicals in the foam. but the chemicals weren't banned, so unless people know that they need to request when they buy a piece of furniture that it not have flame-retardant chemicals in it, they will most likely, at this point, still be sold furniture that contains them. But if they request, we are hearing from furniture makers across the country, they will make the furniture with foam with no flame-retardant chemicals. But again, they haven't been banned. So the onus is left up to the consumers, to all of us, to know what to demand from our retailers.
1: That's that's extremely interesting to me, um, in part because uh, in 2010, I began work on a program that we call the, the Hazardous Substance-Free Mark Alliance. Um, don't know that you've had a chance to, uh, to actually look at the information that we have on that, but the HSF Mark Alliance uh, is all about... Identifying hazardous substance-free products using a mark similar to like you would similar to what you would find with Energy Star, actually mm-hmm. having a, a label a logo that addresses the content of the of the material or uh, chemicals in a product, and it's all twenty first century based, so all the information is up on the internet. And we're working now with the uh, industry to get them to start actually populating the database, the website, with that information, um, thus giving the consumer, giving you and I an, a, the ability to go actually do a little research simply, a, a simple approach to finding out what's in it before we buy it. But think that's a it,
2: fantastic idea. And- you know, right now, we're, you know, as consumers, because many of the chemicals that are used in our products are, are not tested for safety, as you said earlier, you know, we're left trying to figure out is what's in our plastic bottles harmful, is what's in our furniture harmful, and we're having to be, you know, experts in chemistry and public health and things that we have no, you know, many of us. Don't have the knowledge to know what's safe and what's not. So I think that's a, a very needed uh, addition to our marketplace.
1: Yeah, I was, you know, I, I have an, an engineering background, and I have to also admit um, I, I just don't have the time. I mean, the reality is, I don't have the time to know everything about every product from a chemistry point of view. I just learned uh on my re- on a recent trip driving uh, from California to Oregon that uh, I think it was NPR I was listening to and they were talking about uh, biodegradable bottles uh the Coca-Cola Pepsi type bottles drink bottles and mm-hmm. while, while they're biodegradable uh they're only biodegradable if they get placed in a environment once they're used if they get placed in the right environment, they'll biodegrade. Otherwise, they remain plastic. Mm. So the idea that I could toss it out in my uh, compost pile and, and it would disappear over a number of, you know, a period of time, I learned could be a hundred years in my compost pile. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know things aren't always as they sound. <laughs>
1: Uh, absolutely true and and as you were saying it is on us I mean what we're saying is it is the responsibility of us as as individuals and consumers uh, particularly with flame retardants I guess we have to do the research yes we do and
2: you know just for your listeners to know is that Where these flame retardants are is primarily in polyurethane foam. So you have to be, you know, the most on the lookout for furniture and and baby products that that contain polyurethane foam. You know, even nursing pillows, if they have polyurethane foam, may contain flame retardants. But, you know, nursing pillows that are filled with, you know, polyfiber or other things most likely will not. So it's really, um, you know... Learning what's in products that you have that have polyurethane foam. You know, even changing, you know, changing uh, t- pads and nap mats at daycare, you know, or polyurethane foam. And so, you know, little children are putting their heads down and pushing out the dust that comes from these nap mats, you know. And, right, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's so they're, yeah, it, they're like everything else, you, you snuggle up with your your foam blanket or your foam pillow and uh you're you're inhaling all that chemical Mm-hmm. That's, that's and as it breaks line. down
2: it turns to dust and it's even worse it's not just the vapors it's the broken down foam becomes the dust carries a lot of the toxins
1: you know that that strikes another interesting uh, note when i Well, not when I, but as I work with uh, China, uh, the restriction of hazardous substance rules in China are written such that they now have to label their products with a particular label that tells the user when the product end of life is. Now, my work has always has been primarily around like a refrigerator that has uh, refrigerant in it that can leak out or, or change chemistry over some period of years. Uh, but what you're saying is that they've actually done something positive in the sense that if they're marking a product that has uh, foam in it that degrades over time, uh, and they're telling you that it's, it's time to get rid of it, and basically, that's what their Rohas or Restriction of Hazardous Substance mark does. It actually tells. you. Well, and
2: and the problem, right. the problem with furniture is, is that the average piece of furniture, from the time it's purchased till its last owner, you know, which oftentimes it gets given, you know, an older couch gets given to, you know, young people or to you know people who can least afford to buy new furniture. But the average piece of furniture is in circulation in someone's home for upwards of 30 years. So even with this regulation changing this January, many of these products that, that people bought you know, last year will be in people's homes for 30 more years.
1: You're absolutely right. And the thrift stores throughout America extend that life. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's very much... It's very much, in my mind, an environmental justice issue because, you know, young parents or people buying furniture can go to a specialty store and buy a changing pad or a couch for far more money that has none of these toxins in it than if you go and buy the cheapest changing pad or a couch from a thrift shop that will be loaded with these chemicals. You you know, up until now... If you knew a lot, you could buy your way around them by getting products that didn't have polyurethane foam. But now, luckily, because of the change in this regulation, the polyurethane foam without flame retardants costs no more. So it should be cost neutral to have a safer environment for yourself and your family.
1: It's a huge change. Yes, it is, and that's important for the audience to understand. Um, you know, if, if we don't go away from today's show with anything else, uh, I I would hope that the audience realizes that due diligence here, uh, verifying what they're buying before they buy it. And while I'm the last person to want to, uh, you know, cause an issue with the the thrift stores and uh, Goodwill and and uh, was Salvation Army and the rest of them that are there that, that have a very definite purpose and value to society, uh, somehow we've got to get them to address this issue as well. Uh, mm-hmm. does, does That's really- why I'm
2: working on this end of things, is I want to change it today for what's going forward for the next 30 years. You know, I don't think... I, I, we, we definitely can't all, even if we could afford, remove our furniture that has TB117 labels in it, which means it's, you know, our furniture is loaded with these flame retardants. I, I heard that lecture that I talked about at the open of the show from Dr. Sarah Jansen where she was talking about these and I came home and lifted up the cushions <laughs> on all the furniture in my house and every single piece of furniture I had had these toxins in it. And, you know, I, I still live with them. There's no way to safely dispose of all of this, you know, nor could I afford to. But I personally will never give my old furniture to our sons because it's, it's the most dangerous to your health when you're of child-rearing age, you know. Uh, and so, you know, the one thing that I can say to people is don't, don't give your old furniture to young people.
1: Uh, very, very good point, and uh, likewise i I know that my wife and I have um, a fair bit of furniture here and while i 've been heavily involved in the electronics industry and the hazardous substances related to that uh, now i now I realize I need to uh, start addressing uh, another aspect of our life um, so just as as a point of curiosity. Uh, one of the reasons that flame retardants were brought to bear was safety. Another one of them, I suspect, was the insurance companies who were trying to minimize uh, both liabilities and expenses during you know from fires that would go you know much greater uh, and faster. Uh, are you at all familiar with anything being done in the insurance industry with this?
2: I think where. A little bit of background is the reason that these these chemicals were initially put in our furniture is in the 70s, far more people were smoking cigarettes, and we didn't have uh, sprinklers and smoke detectors, and there were a lot of fire safety technologies that we now use that we didn't have then in place, and um, the tobacco industry, there was a real push. People were dying in furniture fires, and there was a push to have fire-safe cigarettes and the tobacco industry lobbied very hard not to have cigarettes self extinguish, which they all do now in all of our states. But instead of wanting to accept fire safe cigarettes, which there was a patent for since the 1930s, they pushed for instead of the ignition to be flame to be safe, to have the fuel, i.e., the furniture, be flame retardant. So the push was to have everything around the cigarette be flame retardant instead of changing the cigarette. So that that's how this initially came to be was actually to protect people who were dying in furniture fires. But, but that situation has really changed over the last 40 years. Far less people are smoking, and we have a lot of fire safety, as I said. So less people are dying in furniture fires. Um, but the, some of the, I think, furniture companies that have been reluctant to remove these from their products are waiting to see what the liability may be with the first furniture fire in a piece of furniture that doesn't have these flame retardants. I think that's still left to play out. And that's what uh, some, of the, some of the manufacturers that are not removing them are waiting to see. So, so you're on to something.
1: Yeah. Um, we need to take a uh, short break for station identification. Uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy from new clothing, cars, toys, power cords and charging units to your garden hose and the drywall in your home? Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help contact bqpm today visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll free 877-415-0191 bqpm.com together we are working for your safety Secure Components is your international certified supplier
3: of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat.com at ecccorp.org again that's stan.salot s a l o t at ecccorp.org now back to people to people
1: welcome back to people to people working together for your safety i'm your host stan salot our show today is toxic chemicals are in your home Today's show has been about the estimated eighty-four thousand chemicals used commercially in the U.S., some of which are in uh, some of which are home cleaning agents and flame retardants in furniture. The majority of these chemicals have been tested for safety. Have not been tested for safety. Let me make sure I got that right. Uh, the majority of these chemicals have not been tested for safety and are exempt from regulations. They are also linked to lower IQ in children, thyroid disease, infertility, cancer, and other rising rates of health problems. Ms. Kirby Walker co-directed Toxic Hot Seat, and I highly recommend you take a moment and, uh, and watch that documentary. A, multi, a multiple award-winning HBO documentary providing an in-depth look at chemical flame retardants. Uh, and that was uh, co-directed with Mr. James Redford and uh Kirby if you would is there a uh, is an easy way to get to that documentary is there a URL or a uh, a link to it on the internet or uh, is it in your uh, local theater
2: it has been in theaters throughout the country we show, we screened in 20 cities cities in march and we're still at major film festivals. In fact, going to one next week in Mendocino, California, with the film. But right now, the way you can see the film is it's on, if you take HBO, it's on HBO On Demand. You just go to documentaries, and it's a feature-length doc called Toxic Hot Seat. It's also on HBO Go, and we have an educational um, film distributor called Roco Films, R-O-C-O, and they're also distributing it to libraries and schools and institutions and organizations. If you want to host a screening, reach out to Rocco Films. You can find them on the Internet. And we have a, um, a website called ToxicHotSeatMovie.com where you can find out everything you want to know, including um, some of the background information. You can read the Chicago Tribune stories that were part of... Um, our investigation. You can see our trailer, and we also um, we also are on Facebook, Toxic Hot Seat Movie. We'd be we'd love to have you look at the trailer there and like us and pass it on. And um, of course, we're on Twitter.
1: Which is at Toxic Hot Seat. It's at Toxic Hot Seat. Uh, yes, the Twitter account. And I'll be. I'll be checking that out after the show today, by all means, and uh, I do encourage... I have encourage to tell you something. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Something very interesting. If you, if you Google Toxic Hot Seat, which is the name of our film, the first thing that comes up is a paid ad that has been there since November, since before we broadcast. When you put in Toxic Hot Seat, up comes this ad that says Toxic Hot Seat Movie, Flame Retardant com, and it says want to learn more about the issue get the facts here and and that um paid ad it was paid for by the american chemistry council and it's to try to dispute the validity of the facts in our film and um it's incorrect
1: okay Well, that's that's also good to know um you know there's there's two sides to every every discussion uh every point there's a counterpoint and one of the things I firmly believe in is that uh, we share both openly and let folks make their own uh, educated decisions. So I
2: agree, and I think I think people should read the, the the flame retardant facts and watch our movie and and make their own opinion. I just wanted to let people know that we we did not put that there. Okay, because <laughs> it comes up before anything on our movie.
1: I did notice something like that when I hit it, it the uh, the browser. So, uh, yeah, yeah. For, fortunately and unfortunately, I guess I uh, I only had the time to to catch the first bit of it. So I still have to go back and do the uh, the due diligence and homework on it. Um, during we we've only got a few minutes left here. Uh, the show goes by ever so fast, and you think you have a lot of time with an hour, but it really really goes by quickly, given the toxic chemical health risk we face in our homes and communities every day. What guidance or suggestion would you give our audience today
2: well my My first um, bit of guidance is please you know become educated on this issue and when you're making purchases ask before you buy ask for furniture and baby products that don't contain flame retardant chemicals and you can buy them now as i said earlier the second is i really believe that we need to reform what's called our toxic substances control act which is the regu- the regulatory the regulation in um, B.C. at the federal level that, that monitors, that helps, you know, it's supposed to regulate chemicals. And right now it's ineffective. As you, Stan, said, there's 84,000 chemicals in commerce, many of which haven't been tested. And so I think we need real reform of what's called TOSCA, the acronym for it. And I think we need to push for that. And, and by real reform, I mean reform that that asks that these chemicals be proven to be safe before they're in our products versus now where they can be in our products with very little, if any testing, and we don't know what's in there. So I, I'm pushing for you know reform at the federal level and also you know as consumers that we become aware and educated and and ask for what we want, make our voices heard. And uh, and then, you know, in terms of the toxic flame retardants is they accumulate in dust. So, you know, as much as this puts the onus on us as, you know, householders, they really say, you know, vacuuming and, and wet mopping and especially keeping, you know, children off of dusty areas where these flame retardants sit is one way to protect yourself, but but I believe in bigger change than us just trying to mop our way around
1: this. <laughs> You're not a mopping bucket person. <laughs>
2: I just think that's the sympathy and that we'll we'll never get to the bottom of that. So I think it's also putting more weight on all of us to be, you know, more more worried. And I just think I just don't think we should have to worry in our own homes, sitting on our couches, that they're poisoning us.
1: Yes, I absolutely agree with you. The last thing I want to do is snuggle into a comfortable chair or a couch and and then wake up to find out I've just uh, consumed uh, 10 ounces or 20 ounces of uh, hazardous chemical that, that is going to affect me somewhere down the road. Uh, yeah, these, these
2: chemicals are in these items, and it, it's not like... Ounces or milli ounces. It's it's pounds and ounces. You know it. it they're are yeah. high levels of
1: them. All right. Once again, the uh, URL is is ToxicHotSeatMovie.com
2: or toxic hot seat. Uh, Facebook is toxic hot seat movie as well on Facebook okay. and and Twitter is at ToxicHotSeat.
1: Outstanding. Well, Kirby, thank you very much. I do appreciate you being on the show today and sharing uh, what you've done and, and what you've learned, helping our audience better understand what we face as consumers. Also, uh do want to talk to you after the show about doing another documentary. As I started to say, maybe we've invented the uh, the documentary on counterfeit uh, counterfeit parts and products. So... With that note, uh, again, thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much, Dan. I look forward to talking with you about this and
1: Counterfeit after the show. Okay. Well, here we are at the end of uh, yet another show, and again, another very interesting guest uh, to the show. People to People Working Together is all about bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. As a call to action, if you have a question, agree or disagree with the information we are sharing, send me an email with your comments or questions. And you can send that email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can find me directly at, uh, on Twitter at Stan salot Jr. And that's Stan Salat, S-T-A-N-S-A-L-O-T-J-R. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management and Secure Components. As I've shared before, uh, BQPM provides consulting, training, and software tools. If you're looking for assistance in putting together your counterfeit or hazardous substance mitigation programs, give them a call. If you're looking for hard-to-find or obsolete components, by all means, you want to contact Secure Components, and you can find them at securecomponents.com. It takes the staff to make this radio show work, and each week I'm uh, both pleased and blessed to have a number of folks from Voice America. Brandy Jackson is our general manager. Miss Kirby, uh, Kirby Walker uh, is the executive producer. Randy Jackman is production manager. Jeffrey Gerst Gerstel rather, is director of host services, and Brooke Ida is our marketing and social media. And I made a mistake on number two. Actually, it's Robert Cellino. Sorry about that, Kirby. <laughs> I got a new yeah, job. Yeah, <laughs> you got a new job and didn't even know it, but it's in the right field. Uh, Robert Cellino, actually, is the executive producer. Uh, from People to People, Miss. Yulia Koch from Koch Branding and People to People is the production manager and, and generally keeps me out of trouble, although I I find ways to get into trouble anyway. As I'm signing off today, I want to thank you for joining me on People to People, Working Together for Your Safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous sust- substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Salat, wishing you a safe and healthy life.
0: Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.